Hey everyone, welcome to Do I Still Love It, uh, the show that travels back in time with the power of television and movies to determine whether or not we would love things that we used to love now that we live here in the future, in the year 2017. Uh, I am your host, Marshall James. And I'm Laura Weiss. And uh, every week, we invite a guest on the show and we watch something that we remember loving to see if we still love it as adults. And our guest this week is actress and general funny woman, Ariana Kaiser. Hello! Hey, Ari, thanks for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so, Ariana and I know each other because one of the very first projects I ever worked on here in L.A. was a short film that you are the star, the mm-hmm. lead in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was delightful. Uh, it's called Gyre, but I don't know if it can be found anywhere on the... I think it's out there on the interwebs. Yeah. You can You can find it. But uh, give us a little, uh, just a little brief glimpse into uh, like Ariana stuff. What what else have you? What other kind of creative projects have you been up to? Well, um, I think you know I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm on the interwebs a lot. I <laughs> I think that's where I've done most of my work. Um, you know, I'm in a web series called Good Game, which is uh, all about gamers and their lives and relationships. So that's a fun one that has uh, gotten some good attention. Are you much of a gamer yourself? No. In fact, <laughs> um, my, well, I'm lucky because my character, I play the wife of a gamer. Um, and luckily, my character, much like me, knows nothing about gaming. So <laughs> I, it's, uh, it's a good casting. Okay, so Ariana's come to join us tonight, uh, much at, at her urging that we watch 1988's Ron Howard's Willow. Yes! I'm so excited. Uh, and Laura and I were both super stoked. I wasn't we, aware, or at least I forgot, that Ron Howard was involved yeah, in this. Yeah, so, so, so Ron Howard is the director, and this was produced and adapted from a story by George Lucas. That George Lucas. Really? So, so I feel like after revisiting the 80s as much as we have in these last months, it, George Lucas was involved in almost everything it do, in the 80s. It does feel and like that, And it's funny yeah. because Ron Howard was also involved in almost everything, but stuff that we wouldn't usually cover on this. Most More adult stuff. You know, like, mostly rom-coms, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so this was a meeting of the minds of 80s masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had... I had I don't think I knew that. I don't think I was aware who I those no people idea. were at, as a kid. Maybe George Lucas, because I did love um, Star Wars. But that's... Man, I'm impressed with my... Seven-year-old self. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the only the only director I knew of mm-hmm. when I was a kid was Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. In my mind, everything mm-hmm. was directed by him, or it wasn't. Yeah, and he's not even really a director, is he anymore? He mostly produced. <laughs> uh, we uh, yeah, I'd say he mostly produces now, but like he did direct a significant amount okay. of things in the eighties. But mm-hmm. yeah, the eighties was kind of like all about Lucas and Spielberg, mm-hmm. and uh, and then also like. Don Bluth. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is kind of an interesting, um, so this is like a, a meeting of several powerhouses of filmmaking, um, but that doesn't necessarily guarantee that we will still love it, mm-hmm. as yeah. we learned through Goonies, our oh. very first episode when we watched, which was a collaboration of Steven Spielberg and Christopher Columbus and George Lucas, um, I think, and it kind of falls apart. Even more than that, when we revisited Legend. Oh, right, and Legend, which is like uh, Ridley Scott Huh. With Tom Cruise and Tim Curry in it, and it's still like, and, uh, and th- there were other people involved in that, which with names I'm escaping right now. Mm-hmm. But it was a definite meeting of the minds mm-hmm. that just 
fell apart. But huh. tonight we are here to watch Willow. Yes, um, I have high hopes. Yeah, I so do. I do. Too. So now, in in uh, as in, briefly, uh, can you summarize what you remember Willow being about? Okay, <clears throat> Val Kilmer. That's pretty much all I remember. <laughs> how hot Val Kilmer was. Um, so there is there's Willow, who is some kind of non-human. I I think. Um, he comes across a baby which has been banished from a kingdom by an evil queen. And it's like Willow's journey to take this baby somewhere. Because <laughs> this baby is special. And along the way, they meet little tiny elves. And uh, there's like a dragon fight. And a lady who turns into several animals. Willow. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I remember that. Um, and I think there must be a female lead somewhere in there. But honestly, again, all I can think about is Val Kilmer. That's, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty much what I remember about this movie. And do you remember much about Val Kilmer's role in this or other than that he is in it? Uh, no, he is a bad boy. Mad Mordigan, I think his Oh, yep, is. yep. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think you're right. Yeah. And, you, just, you just clicked something in my brain there. Yeah. And I just, I know they come across each other in, like, a tavern, and he has to dress up as a woman. And then at one point, he's in a cage. Like, he's hung in a cage. The cage just came to me after you brought up Val Kilmer. And I'm so curious as to why he's in this cage that lives in my head. I was going to say, so, Laura, is there anything beyond... Ariana's like description that like really strikes you as something else you remembered. Um, uh, yes, the the thing I remember most is actually quite specific and kind of ridiculous. Um, it, it's just that the baby's name is Elora. Oh, and I was obsessed with that name as a kid, mm-hmm. and great. I wanted to name my first baby Elora. <laughs> and I remember telling this to kids on the playground, like oh. when I saw Willow, and they were just like, "Why would you name your baby Elora?" <laughs> Like, that's your name. That's your name. It's like oh. Laura Jr. It's like E. Laura. Actually, and I'm just like, no, that's not why, guys. It's because it's a real cool movie. If anything, but at the so... end of the day, like, honestly, when I look back, it was totally vanity. <laughs> it was like, oh, I can get away with this because it's technically a different name. Mm-hmm. If anything, it sounds like uh, like the, like the it should have been your screen name during the early days of AOL Online. Because mm. this is not just Laura. It's E. Laura. Yes, yes but I was Weasonator, so. <laughs> Weasonator? Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was Missile Penguin because I used to doodle all the time, and I like thought it would be really cool that like a penguin who could be heroes to other penguins because uh-huh. he has a jetpack like the Rocketeer. Sure. So tell me a little bit about like what was it like? So when was about the last time you think you can remember watching this movie, Ariana? I know that I, I think I I watched it as a teenager, again. And wasn't disappointed at the time. Um, But then again, I've, you know, that was a long time ago. Um, So, yeah, I think that was the last time. But I do think, I'm not sure if it was this movie or if it was Hot Shots. But I... (laughs) Very different films. I would get them mixed up, too. (laughs) It's either Charlie Sheen in a Rambo parody or a fantasy movie about little people. Which one is it? <laughs> and well, what I mean is, it was either Hot Shots or Willow that I saw. I'm not even exaggerating. I think like seven times in the theater as a kid, oh, okay. like to the point where my parents, I think, dropped me off as an eight year old alone at the movie theater. <laughs> I like, really hope it was Hot Shots. <laughs> I think. I mean, I, 
those two movies I loved so much and saw multiple times. I would love to watch. I'd love to oh go gosh. back in we time should, yeah. and walk in and see an eight-year-old yeah. alone at Hot Shots. <laughs> just yes. going just along and saying an the lines. eight-year-old adorable little Arcana guys are going, one for Hot Shots. Get a big old tub of popcorn. We should definitely have you back on a Hot Shots episode. Oh my God. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That All right. Great. I'm penciled All right. in. Okay. In the future, Sweet. everyone tune in later when we will have Ariana on to watch Hot Shots. But mm-hmm. right now, I think we will go ahead and watch 1988's Willow. Willow. From the creator of Star Wars. From the director of Cocoon. A world is awakening. With the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? It's a dangerous world. That's why we need your help. Your journey has just begun. Willow. Heroes come in all sizes. But adventure doesn't come any bigger than this. Find the child. Find the child! We are not afraid of you! Okay, and we're back. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) That was Willow. (laughs) So we've now uh, watched Ron Howard's Willow. And uh, so, Ariana, let's get your initial thoughts. What did you think? I still love it. (laughs) I think it's so... I think it really stands up. Um, I mean, I don't know if it is because I still have that, like, childhood nostalgia mm-hmm. stuck to it a little bit. But, I mean, I think as a, as a fun adventure movie, it really it really is still fun. Maybe a little more on the kid's side. There are some corny moments. But, like, I think all in all, it's a fun, good film. Yeah. yeah. And the corny moments, like I said when we were watching it, there's some there's a sincerity to this film. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily feel like a slapsticky movie. It feels like a it feels like a film that's taking itself seriously with some characters mm-hmm. that are a bit goofy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah, there's a sincerity to it whenever most there's a couple, but most of the time whenever you see kind of a corny or slapsticky moment, you're just you're kind of endeared by it mm-hmm. in a way that I'm usually turned off by movies that kind of pull that. Yeah. Well, I think the the thing that makes that I really thought about like speaking on that is, you know, this was developed from a story by George Lucas, and there's something about Lucas's stories like Star Wars and this movie has it too, where for the most part the story is serious, most of the characters are being very earnest in their belief, but there are like uh, there are like our our slapsticky characters mm-hmm. in this. They're the little brownies, and in Star Wars, they're the droids. Mm-hmm. And then there's always the kind of laughing at the situation they find themselves in. That is Han Solo, or in this movie, Mad Mardigan. Yeah, like there are a lot of parallels between certain characters. And again, we have like a strong female character that immediately the the rogue 
falls in love with. Mm -hmm. And so we have a bit of a Princess Leia character in um, Sorsha as well. Mm -hmm. And is herself like a princess, although she's like an evil princess Mm -hmm. to begin with. Though if I may, like we need to talk really quickly about Sorsha. So so (laughs) Sorsha is a pretty badass like warrior princess Mm -hmm. and she's in charge and you you see her completely committed to the cause of finding the baby Alora Mm -hmm. until suddenly... Mad Mardigan comes in, starts spouting some Shakespeare at her, <laughs> and then suddenly she just turns against her mother for yeah. all time. It was a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah. Which is a little upset. And then at the end, it's like, oh, and now everything's okay because now she's a mother, because she has the baby. Yeah, so and like, spoiler alert, yeah. at the very end, they give the baby to <laughs> the... Daughter Sorcerer's of the daughter yeah. and Mad Mortigan, who's like a serial thief. Yeah. Though yeah. so I will But not a thief it... of serial. Right. A serial thief. Important distinction. Yes. Um, so you're talking about children's movies. <laughs> I you never know. I will hand it to this film in terms of uh, the feminist cause, in that, like, the two people in power were women. Like, oh, yeah. Which was really cool. You don't really see that. And where, you see two old ladies, like, throw the battle fuck it down. Out. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. who held the ultimate, well, except for maybe in the Nelwyn world, but, like, the evil queen and then the other sorcerer, Razelle, mm-hmm. and then even um, Sorsha, like, was oh, in yeah. command of all these men, and they were the ones in charge, and and usually that would be a, a man in that Yeah, role. that's actually really interesting. It was kind of like a matriarch warrior society. Yes. Well, I, I was kind of struck as <laughs> yeah. it felt almost like a um, a sort of gender flipped um, Lord of the Rings mm. because the we're jumping all over the place here, but the the kind of climactic fight scene between the good witch Rizelle and the evil queen. It was very very Sauron much mur- murmurs the yeah, yeah mirrors the Gandalf Saruman fight mm-hmm. and and even all the way down to even like the kind of costumes they're wearing mm-hmm. and they're like slinging each other around the room with, mm-hmm. like, sorcery spells. And it very much feels like, if you've seen the the fights from, like, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings movies, it feels a lot like that. Only, again, now the most powerful people in the room are women. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're... Aside from some random jabs about, like, oh, it's a baby, go find a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than, like, braggadocious men, for yeah. the most part, all the women are, like like, really kick ass and, like, taking yeah. shit from no one sort yeah. of people. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like it's important before we go on with our ramblings any further to just cover the plot really quick. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, uh, in this world where a baby with a with an birthmark was going to be the one that was uh, going to steal the powers from the main sorcerer, and if she got her, she was going to be able to use her to rule the world forever... And probably stay young, I'm some sure. Right, because um, she gets suddenly crazy old at the end yeah. while trying to cast the ritual. Yeah, That's and right. so... Very Moses style. Yeah, and so uh, <laughs> baby gets born, uh, midwife hides baby, midwife gets caught, sends baby down river. Moses Nelwins, style. Yeah, Moses style. <laughs> uh, Nel- Nelwins, or is it Elwins? I, I couldn't really get it. I think it's Nelwins. Nelwins. Okay, so yeah. Nelwins so like, find her, and that's Warwick Davis, and that is a whole community... Um, that of is, little people. Yes, comprised of the who's who of the 1980s little people <laughs> actor circuit. Right. It's really interesting because when we saw it, like, there are easily 100 to 150 little people actors mm-hmm. in this. And and it really, like, um, 
shoot, I should have looked up, but the the actor who's the principal little uh, little person actor in the Bad Santa franchise, he we he makes a un, like he has no lines, but he's one of the warrior uh Elwins. And then um and Billy Barty. And then Billy Barty, who okay, so like again, I love him even <laughs> even if he doesn't really add anything to the movie. <laughs> but he was like we had just watched Legend and he was he played a somewhat ineffectual little elf person in that movie too. But I like I love his like voice and his little like cheerful face. Yeah. So Billy Barty plays kind of like the head wizard of this uh little commune of the Elwins, and it charges Willow, played by uh Warwick, oh, played Warwick. by Warwick Davis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. played with Warwick Davis to take this uh, baby child they found to return it to the humans who are all called Daikinis in this mm-hmm. uh, because she like is going to only bring trouble for them um, because the dogs came and looked for her in the village. Right, and the yeah. dogs that are dressed like boars, boar, yeah, which is rat pretty things. cool. They are yeah. terrifying, and I do remember that as a kid, being like, "Oh my god!" There's some really powerful imagery in this movie. Anyway, keep going. No, no, no. Yeah, like I mean, I think that's <laughs> what we're talking about. Like, it's really cool that they essentially made these sort of like costumes for the for dogs for real dogs to wear, and mm-hmm. it's like a terrifying, cool piece of like creature shop work. Um, that to this like to this day, as soon as they came on, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember the weird rat boar dog, dog people yeah. mm-hmm. things." Um, so a sort of uh, this is the point where the parallels between like Lord of the Rings and Willow really starts to come up because so when Billy Barty is like, "Hey, you got to take that baby girl back to the back to the Daikinis," he they sort of put together a little Fellowship of the Ring of all these like <laughs> for ten minutes for ten minutes of all these like uh, little people and they all kind of like tromp off and there's all this beautiful scenery mm-hmm. these like yeah these like sweeping these like sweeping like art directed shots and it, which yeah. must be in New Zealand right much yeah, like the, I think they shot it was said they it shot was in, part of it in New Zealand part of it okay. in New Zealand and part of it in Scotland oh. because fun fact Elora the baby was played by four different babies two twins and then two separate babies um which okay so quick thing so Elora is the little baby who is the most expressive face of like any, any little baby of any ever. baby of all ever, time? Yeah, no, yeah. It, I did notice that it was different babies, but yeah. I was really paying attention, yeah. like creepishly. Yeah. And weren't you saying that the the baby that they used for the facial expressions is the one that's not credited? Yes, that it was the BS. third of four babies. Yeah. Uh huh. And she deserves only, an Oscar. Only the twins. <laughs> It's so true. There's so many shots of the baby where they'll like cut to the baby and the baby's like (laughs) eyes will be like, what the fuck? Or she's one where she like throws shade at someone. (laughs) Well, she throws shade at Mad Mordigan. Oh, right, right. Because he's all like, hey, baby, I'll take care of you, baby. He's like, that baby loves me. And then she just looks at him like, bitch, please. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Yeah. You almost see her do a little head shake like, "Mm -mm -mm." (laughs) mm-mm-mm. Uh, so yeah, so speaking of that, what, eventually the uh, the tromp of the troop of little people comes across uh, Val Kilmer in a cage, mm-hmm. uh, looking his most haggard, and yet at the same time, I feel Ugh. still grabbing Ariana's attention. <laughs> so happy to see him. Oh yeah, Ariana, <laughs> you are into <laughs> him. She is all mad for Mardigan. <laughs> it's so true. He's, I mean, he's hot in that movie, and um, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's just when. You know, as a kid, I became aware of men or something. But anyway, he's a good-looking man still to this day. Um, 
Uh, yeah, and it's funny because we were talking about the cages. I remember in my mind those being like way high in the air, but um, but they're anyway, just hanging down. Just by the... hanging there. What Maybe a terrible when way! When you saw it, you were a shorter person, so it seemed, <laughs> it seemed so far up there. Yeah, um, but yeah, what a terrible existence that. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been right. I I remember commenting. It didn't seem worse for the wear though when when he finally got let out. Yeah. Right. He was ready and raring to go. They must yeah. have only put him in that cage like the day before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was pretty thirsty uh, though. Because I, I was thinking about that. Like I said it as we were watching. I was like, you know, there was a time in like the Middle Ages where people actually got punished by being put in cages mm-hmm. to left to die. <laughs> Awful. Uh, like you know the things humans used to do before television. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like we were doing. Do I still love it? Medieval edition. Hanging people in cages. It was fun when I was a kid. Do I still love it? As now I find it weird. <laughs> um, so anyway, we're so seeking this baby is uh, as we said is Sorsha, which is the the evil queen's hot daughter <laughs> and then also a skull-faced Darth Vader character Ugh. named Kale <laughs> scariest mask silliest name like <laughs> he was he again a terrifying character terrifying imagery um, not a scary name. <laughs> yeah. Every time she's like, Kale, get them. <laughs> well, like the funny thing is back in the 80s, Kale was like not a thing you mm-hmm. ate mm-hmm. really. So I am i wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't even thought of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's like maybe just one person on set, like the craft services person is like, you know, that's a type of lettuce actually. <laughs> actually, it's a leafy green. That's very <laughs> we probably also should have checked that that is actually the name. Maybe we were just mir- mishearing no, I, it. See, I was expecting, like, in my mind when they said it, you guys started laughing, but I was like, ah, no, they definitely spelled it like C-A-I-L or yeah. something. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it's it's spelled K-A-E-L. Oh, okay. Okay, so it sounds like Celtic or something. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So... The uh, the little people let Mad Mardigan out of the cage, uh, and all of the all of them except Willow return back to the village. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing here is we're introduced to the fact that uh, apparently the big Daikinis are very racist <laughs> to the little Elwins because mm-hmm. they all call them pecs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, which for the longest time, Mad Margaret just calls him a peck. And it's funny that this is an invented racial slur that made me uncomfortable every time he said it. I was like, ooh. And then I'm like, well, no, I can't really. This is only racist to Nelwins who aren't a real race of creatures. Um, so, you know, quickly, we, we did leave out that. Uh, he did not, that uh, Willow did not go back to the baby until he saw the baby flying <laughs> over his head in the clutches of a hawk that was being ridden by a very tiny man mm-hmm. screaming like warrior cries. Right. Yes. He's like, oh shit, I've made a terrible mistake by leaving that baby. <laughs> yeah. with, with, that a, baby. with a crazy murderer. <laughs> yes. um, oh, I want to, when you were talking about the baby, it made me remember one quick thing. So Willow has two children that we meet in the very beginning, played by played by child little people actors, and the two of them are so adorable. But the I three mean, of us were squealing the whole time. Well, the entire family is so adorable. <laughs> yes. the, Willow, the Uthgoods are the uh, most adorable family. Like they look like the most wholesome family on the block. Yes. Like, 
Like that is the that is the family that you leave your that is the family you leave your baby with. <laughs> yeah, I was like really happy that Alora ended up with them because yeah. like Jeez. they they were gonna they were gonna do it right. Yeah, yeah. the family the the village that they're I I think I want to be a Nelwyn when I grow <laughs> up. Like it's just like. Oh. So adorable, so wholesome, so, so very nice. quaint. Yeah. yeah, except for one guy who yes. is pretty. I think he. I think he's like the tax man. That's what it's what yeah. I'm going to call him. Yeah, he's walking Burgle, around. Yeah, Burgle back. Burgle cut. Burgle cut. Burgle cut. Who he's, is both a, a hideous uh, like pig of a man, mm-hmm. um, but is also like unnecessarily mean to Willow for no. <laughs> but he gets his comeuppance because any time <laughs> that. There could be something very gross smashed onto his face. It happens. Mm-hmm. The baby pukes on him, and then at the end, a bird shits straight in his into mouth. his mouth. <laughs> Get a and, mouthful of bird shit for your. Mouth. And he deserved it. If you've listened to our Power Rangers um, episode recently, he is the bulk um, yeah. of this movie. Mm. When we were watching Power Rangers, the characters of Bulk and Skull, who are the bullies. In every scene they show up in, they get shit in their face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, every scene. It's like, this is what bullies get. This is what happens Stuff in the face. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so back like Laura was saying, so we, we meet the brownies, and the brownies have s- stolen slash rescued the baby from Mad Morgan? No, Martin. they have rescued him. Yes. Yeah. We find out because, um, Dodd. Uh, a What's her name? Nature spirit. Cherylene. Cherylazine. It's like Cherylazine. Or there's a Z in there. You're yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So, so it introduces <laughs> the idea that I guess all powerful beings on this world yeah. are all feminine, which is kind well, of yeah. cool. Yeah. And so she plays. Well, I mean, Willow is supposed to be a sorcerer. Right, right. But he's but he's really more just a charlatan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's interesting. So she plays essentially the kind of the Elrond character of the, you know. Okay, we don't need to go too far into the comparison. <laughs> okay, but that's just what it, she's the one that's like, Willow, you have to do this and well, take this She wand. does appear in the woods like in a white ethereal light. So I, I put her more that. in a Gladriel. That's the word. Very yeah. well. Yeah. She, yes, yes. she is more of a Gladriel. you're going to make the yeah. Lord of the Rings make the right Come on, look, Lord of the Rings. Look, there's no reason not to get super nerdy on this podcast. I will concede she is more of a Galadriel than an Elrond. Yeah, that's who I... Yeah. Uh, I was only thinking of her as Elrond since he's the one who's like, uh, Frodo Baggins, you must take this ring. And uh, our Galadriel character and this is like, uh, Willow Uthgood, you must take this wand mm-hmm. and this baby mm-hmm. to a lake far away to find uh, another witch who can help you out. Also a female. Right. What a possum. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. And really then weird. a bird. Yeah. And then a then a, a lamb or a baby goat. A goat. A goat, yeah. yes. Yes. And then um a slew of different animals yeah. all over and then until she turns into an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they uh encounter her when she's still in possum form, mm-hmm. but then wouldn't you know it, Kale and <laughs> Kale shows up. Kale ruins the day. Causes indigestion like usual. Um, hey, don't shit talk Kale. No, Kale's great. Great for clearing you out. Great for clearing out the kingdom, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Kale's going around cleaning out the colon A lot of, of the kingdom. Yeah, it's real roughage. Uh, oh, wait. So when we run into Mad Mardigan again, so, uh, so. Oh, yeah, we can't forget so Gal- Mad Mardigan as a lady. So Galadriel's like, uh, Willow, take this baby and head in that direction. Mm-hmm. While he heads in that direction, he comes across an old tavern 
And in it is Mad Mardigan dressed like a woman who's apparently yeah. hiding because he had been fucking around with some lady mm-hmm. and she was like, oh, hide my, my husband my named husband Lug. Yeah. is on the other side of the door. Right. And I'm not going to lie, he did a pretty good lady. And yeah. then Lug comes in and asks him if he wants to breathe and just starts grabbing his Which, breast very yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. Right. But my question is, want to breed? <laughs> you've never breed. said that to a lady? I, yeah. It just feels... It, I've said that to a lady. <laughs> It's very effective. <laughs> is, is that, oh, whoa. When I, you put it that way. Oh, man. Now I have two ladies telling me this. Apparently, I've been missing out. Missed opportunity, oh, Marshall. Man. Okay, so, uh, gentlemen at home, make sure to say, want to breed to the next lady. This is terrible advice. <laughs> Don't really do that. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, so that was just, like, a notable scene where we get to see Val Kilmer dressed up like a lady. And uh, it was shortly thereafter that he lays eyes on Scorsia for the first time. Hmm. Uh, after I think it's being Sorsha. And, yes, so, <laughs> what? You said Scorsia as in, like, scorching. Oh, well, she did have flaming red, red hair. hair. yeah. Uh, Joanne uh. Wally. Um, okay, uh, guys, so here's the bit of uh, Ooh, uh, and- scuttlebutt. So... Joanne Wally, mm-hmm. shortly after this movie was made, became Joanne Wally Kilmer. No. They were married and had two kids what? until 1996. I love that. So yeah, Joanne Wally, who plays Sorsha as Mad Mardigan's love interest That's that hot. he falls for, turns out IRL, Val <laughs> Kilmer and Joanne Wally, falling in love. They got so fall in love making this movie that they got married the same year this movie came out. No way. Aww. That makes me so happy. And like, then they got divorced? And then they got divorced. But like years sense. later. They, yeah, after having two kids. Yeah. All right. But like, they're both pretty hot and yeah. make a really hot couple in yes. this, so I totally ship them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. You have no idea how happy that makes my eight-year-old. Well, I mean, the fact eight. that they ended up getting married in the same year and then had two kids and were together for eight years really makes me feel better about the fact that she flipped on a dime. Yeah. And turned against her mother instantly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's a weird. The so when he confesses his love to her in oh, the snow BT tent scene, dubs, he confesses his love to her in the <laughs> snow tent scene, not because he's actually into it in the beginning, but because the brownies accidentally basically make him snort coke. <laughs> Love Coke. Money. Love Coke. Love they hit him Coke. in the face with a baggie of Love Coke. And so the brownies, real quickly, uh, are are played by uh, one some gentleman and Kevin Pollock. And they are so... They're, like, did you guys find them funny, too? They're killing it. Yeah. Okay, because I remember, like, as when I was a kid, thinking they were hilarious, but I was also a kid. So. They were Yeah. No, I feel like they could have... It's it's incredible to me that they weren't annoying. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they were very endearing, yeah. and it was a surprise. Yeah. Their names were Rule and Frangine, <laughs> and Rick Overton played Frangine. Ah. And uh, it's interesting the 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 names they give them here because I thought they were affecting like a really phony baloney French accent. Yeah, yeah. So like I have taken the baby. Yeah, like, this way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like I shall fart in your general direction. Yeah. You know, it seemed like they were doing the Frenchman from uh, Monty Python. Python. the holy grail yeah uh and so they <laughs> every time they deliver a line they deliver it like this <laughs> like i'm revving up a motor <laughs> the whole time and kevin bollock's running around with his little mouse h- helmet on mm-hmm. he falls in love with a cat at one point he falls because in love of- with a cat because he accidentally snorts the love coke it's oof, you gotta be careful it's pretty with that. funny <laughs> <laughs> and then he falls into a barrel of beer, mm-hmm. and then he pops his head out of the barrel of beer and goes mm, beer, and then flashes back, splashes back down, and starts swimming in the beer. <laughs> it was cute. It's, yeah, yeah, classic. Um, 
So yeah, so now we have, okay, so now we have essentially like our little merry band of misfits running around. Um, and But Willow is apparently not a good enough sorcerer to turn our good witch from a possum back into a human. He, he manages to keep turning her into other animals. Yes, the list that I, I put right. a few minutes ago. Um, yeah. And so, There's a tiger in there at one point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which I would a have turtle. at that point maybe stayed the tiger. I feel like <laughs> yeah. that would have been an effective. I mean, then I she would have been a magic tiger. Yeah. yeah, a magic tiger would yeah. be good. And it's it's a bummer when she, when she does finally come out of it mm-hmm. and she looks at herself and she's like, oh, it's been that long mm-hmm. because in her mind, like I thought that was a really interesting moment because in her mind, she's this like young, beautiful, this young, beautiful sorceress. And then she comes out and she's probably like 75. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was actually, I wish they'd given a little bit more time to that. I know that they couldn't, but I thought it was a really interesting moment for her to just like have to just look at herself and be like, Am I going to lose myself over the fact that this fucking sucks? Or am I just going to keep... Well, I guess I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I'm going to go kick some ass. So it's Patricia Hayes played Finn Rizal, the good Mm -hmm. witch. Mm -hmm. And she was... uh, And she was... 79 making this movie. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's pretty impressive for the fact that she had to do a shit ton of, like, physical fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then her opponent, the Queen Bavmorta, played by Jean Marsh. Um... Mm. Briefly, I really want to talk about right right before our climactic final battle scene. There's sort of a weird last stand scene in this abandoned castle. So they were they were originally supposed to get this, to this abandoned castle and give the baby to the the king and queen there, like mm-hmm. a good king and queen. But they get there and the place had been overrun by trolls and all the humans had been put in weird glass rocks. Mm-hmm. And Willow hates trolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he steps in <laughs> troll shit and goes, I hate trolls. <laughs> uh, and the trolls are really terrifying. As soon as they do Super show up, creepy. I do remember being really terrified of them when I was a kid. And uh, Willow continues his, I'm not very good at turning things into other things and accidentally turns one of the trolls into a two-headed hydra. Mm-hmm. Uh that I remember as a child feeling very uncomfortable with the fact that they're very fleshy and colored and long and tubular. And as a little kid, I was like, that's a double-headed penis monster. <laughs> Which I didn't pick up at all as a kid, but now you're right. It looks like a cross between testicles and a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Their faces. A cross between testicles and a parrot. Yeah. That is going on our movie poster. <laughs> That's perfect. Anyone, just picture that. Yeah. Great. There you have it. Uh, So now it's around this moment that Laura made like a fantastic connect the dots where... we were were noting that the the evil villain, uh, Queen Bavmorta, is dressed... Mm-hmm. I mean, Almost not, exactly. Not like, even trying. Yeah. She's not ex- even trying to change it. It yeah. is the evil. She is wearing the costume from the Disney f- version of Snow White. Yeah, she's the um, evil queen. As the evil queen. You yeah. know, uh, mirror, like, mirror on the wall. Every single piece is the same. Yeah. yeah. And that sat weird with me the second I saw it because you you rarely see such kind of a blatant ripoff. But as we continue to watch, if you if you really think about it, she is a queen that is, um, you know, basically trying to stake her claim to be the most young and beautiful and be mm-hmm. immortal. Mm-hmm. And you have this, you know, this young woman coming up and she is somehow with this, uh, you know, the tiny, um, this, you know, tiny group of, I guess, would, would be considered dwarves in the Snow White world. Mm-hmm. But um, there is enough in this movie that I 
wouldn't say that it was like a Snow White story, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we've talked about that this this film does kind of seem to pull from a bunch of different um a bunch of different fantasy uh, fantasy stories, and I, I really feel like Snow White was a huge piece of this. Mm-hmm. As Marshall said, um, in watching it in the beginning, it felt as though, well, we can't get the rights to Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. so we're just going to make the best Lord of the Rings we possibly can mm-hmm. without it being that. Mm-hmm. And it really does feel as though they, they took the threads of many different stories and wove them together into something that, you know, actually impressively was completely unique. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like um, I feel like that that decision can be, and I don't know if that actually was what happened, but it it feels that way, and it feels like that that could have really fallen flat on its face. And so the success of this movie, as far as like an artistic pursuit, um, is in my mind is really impressive for the fact that it feels like a woven version of, and kind of a bastardized version of a bunch of different stories. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting because you when you brought up Snow White, it made me suddenly feel like this is like you know we have. You know, recently they did like the live action Snow White and the Huntsman movies and stuff, and like it was which an was like incredibly enjoyable. Shh, don't tell. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I I've never I hadn't seen it, but it seemed like there was a, like an emphasis to try and really cram a lot of action into the Snow White story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's a very dark film. I enjoyed it. I watched it one afternoon and then never told anyone until right now. I was wow. a little embarrassed that I watched it. We now I told the world that yeah. I liked it. Oh God. oh, God. We won't let anyone know. There goes Thanks, the reputation. <laughs> but, it, I mean, it was kind of interesting that we do have, like, it, it does have, like, echoes of Snow White. And in this, the dwarves are, you know, more, are, are more of a heroic type instead of just like, oh, we will let you live with us for mm-hmm. a while, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was kind of funny. This does feel like, oh, we're going to put Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and Lord of the Rings in a blender and hit, like, originality puree, you know? (laughs) Uh, But, and it's interesting because we did Legend, which seemed, again, to be trying to pull from a bunch of different things, but it fell all apart in a way that Willow completely managed to stitch it all together. I mean, Willow had a very concise plot. I I feel like it could have been a little bit shorter. Um, And I I don't really know if we needed that penultimate fight. Or yeah. if we needed all of the people to be turned into pigs, which we haven't we haven't covered yet, <laughs> I feel like there was a there was probably fifteen minutes in there that could have been cut out. It wasn't egregiously too long, um, but I was surprised that there did feel like some kind of rise and fall in action that was maybe a little bit more than than a single arc. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I kept being like like when we got to. Uh, you know, when they're in the snow, when they're in the mountains mm-hmm. in the snow. I was like, oh, right, there's a whole snowball scene coming up. And then like... Oh, which is so slapsticky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But somehow worked. I don't know. Like, so yeah. The, and then it was like, oh, right. Oh, and now they're in the castle with this huge troll. Oh, right. And then there's this pig thing. Like, there was a lot of like... Yeah, yeah. And had it fallen, had the end not been so satisfying, mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been a more more annoying mm-hmm. that the film had kind of gone on more of a rambling adventure. Um, but I do feel like it stitched pretty well at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they they probably could have folded the cool troll Hydra castle siege yeah. maybe into the final. Yeah. Like maybe that well, that's what Mardigan is doing while Willow and the Good Witch are fighting the Queen. Right. Um, Agreed. But I, I guess that's a good point. I guess it is that castle scene with the trolls is when uh, Sorsha, like, turncoats, turncoats and yeah. it's just like, you know what? Mm, gonna get me some of Val Kilmer. <laughs> make out with Val Kilmer in the middle 
of this sword fight. Which Ariana was like, yes, this is the action I'm all about. Yeah, so wait, can we pause it? Can we rewind it again? Okay, one more time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And she's going to go to bed tonight. She's like, I am sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the cool thing is, while the the fight while the scenes do kind of feel like okay and now this scene happens and now this scene happens but it did feel like while the scenes are happening interesting exciting stuff is going on Mm -hmm. it's just in the grand scheme of things i don't know if we needed that scene or Mm -hmm. we don't know if you need that scene but at least the scenes themselves weren't boring Mm -hmm. it was just after a while you're like wow this movie has been going on for a while (laughs) yeah because the movie was two hours and five minutes long which is pretty long for a movie from this time period yeah yeah Right. right. Which was, well, I, you know, like, it could have been tighter, but at the same time, I kind of appreciate that they just let the art be the art. Yeah. 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 Well, and because it was, you know, here's this world that they've created, which, while it's similar to other things that we've seen, um, we haven't seen this world or this universe again. And so it was, I liked that you got to kind of spend more time in it mm-hmm. than, you know, keeping it to a 90-minute totally. right. formula. Can we talk about the fact really quick that, like, this baby mm. ends up two hours through the film, the amount of action that that kid sees and she never even gets a scratch on her face and I only hear her cry one time. It's only at the end when she's about to get sacrificed. Well, I mean, no, she does cry when she's underneath. Um, There's a scene where they're hiding her from Sorsha and Sorsha's men and she decides that the best time to cry for the first time in the movie Mm -hmm. is when she is hiding literally directly under Sorsha. But then uh, Roselle comes in and starts squawking and totally hides it because Roselle's a genius bird at that point, bird. Has been turned into a bird. <laughs> She's a crow, yes. Um, okay, <laughs> and one thing I thought real interesting before we get off the, like, s- summary. So in the climactic battle at the end, uh, the the good witch and the bad witch are having their gandalf Saruman duel, um, and the good witch gets beaten. Mm-hmm. And so the bad witch, uh, Queen uh, Bavmorda, is about to, like, you know, kill Willow. And, and w- like, Willow tries to use the magic that Billy Barty gave him, but it's such, you know, such small peanuts, uh, <laughs> you know, woodland Nelwyn magic that, like, the queen's like, bitch, please. <laughs> and she's like, put that baby on the altar so we can sacrifice it. And uh, Willow, through just sleight of hand, no yeah. magic at all, tricks her into believing that he's a more powerful sorcerer than she is, and that is her undoing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the fact that after... Uh, again, th- these characters have... He basically qu- just does the um, disappearing rabbit trick. Yeah, she does. Yeah. he does the d- disappearing rabbit trick, but with a baby. And I thought... I kind of liked that this was, a, this was another little theme they sort of seem to borrow from Lord of the Rings, which is, you know, throughout Lord of the Rings, the thing that makes the hobbits interesting is that they're not really powerful in fact they're kind of like the weakest thing going around Mm -hmm. and ultimately willow is able to undo the most powerful being in the movie with just a trick he he outsmarts her Mm -hmm. which i think was like a kind of a nice a lot of times these ways that weaker heroes beat more powerful villains feels kind of like oh that you're putting us on that wouldn't actually happen but this kind of felt like a little turn and and the best part is the audience has seen him do this trick yeah. earlier, so we immediately know what's going on. So we get some satisfaction when she falls for it, almost immediately, because we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Though I am a little confused, because then she sticks her wand in the air, and then suddenly, uh, 
lightning comes out of the sky and hits her. Like, what happened to her in the end? Because there, there's like a big skylight above her and she sticks her wand in the air and it starts glowing blue. And then suddenly, like, lightning comes down and, it, and hits her over and over and over and over again. And, like, the blood yeah. that she had... Uh, to for the the baby the ritual, potion, yeah. the potion falls on her, and suddenly she turns into white fog. I mean, red fog, and she just floats out. Like, what the hell was that? I, yeah, I feel like she kind of like fell into. <laughs> she did the ritual on herself, you know. Like she, I always thought that like the baby was oh. in that thing in that little pedestal because she was going to have the oh, lightning yeah. come and strike her, or you know, something was going to happen in that pedestal, and then the queen kind of fell into that trap oh yeah that i think that makes like that makes a lot of sense because i i remember i remember i was watching it going like wait why was that happening but i did notice that she like put her hand on the altar like Mm -hmm. to steady herself Mm -hmm. because she was shocked that Mm -hmm. willow actually had proven to be more powerful than she thought so she like braces herself on the altar and that's when the whole shit comes apart so i think you're right yeah she must have banished her own soul she kept talking about i'm going to banish that baby's soul forever no you're totally on it um Cool. So, so Ariana, what what are some things that did you know? Some things that were like very different than you remembered, like some some scenes that surprised you that you had completely forgotten about. Um, I've totally forgot about the pig thing. <laughs> About right. the, the the queen turning the army into pigs, which was some crazy cool yes. makeup effects. Yes. When they, she turns an entire squad of like Mad Mardigan's army into pigs temporarily. Right, very Pinocchio esque. Um, <laughs> um, you know, because the bad boys get sent to the, the and island they turn of, into donkeys. Uh, donkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, no, no, I followed you. I got, uh, yeah. So I completely forgot about that. But I mean, all in all. Um, I was surprised by how much I did remember and how much, um, you know, you, I don't know how much of it I, I actually did remember and how much I still liked it. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Laura? You know, honestly, there was, there was so much of this movie that came back to me as it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right now, I can't think of anything that I specifically forgot. I mean, I definitely forgot that they gave the baby, like, I, the, like, let's go straight to that. Like, <laughs> if there's one thing I could change about this movie, I would not give the baby to the sorcerer's <laughs> daughter. I don't care if she yeah. turncoated and was suddenly good. Yeah. Don't trust that lady. The only no. way that we got to know her, her only arc was in falling in love with Mad In Morgan. falling in yeah, love with, like, with, we don't like even... a, a pretty, like... Pernicious. Yeah, that's very likely term. to run off on yeah. her. Great turn. And we don't yeah. even really know. Like, I get, I can gather why she turned on her mom. You know, her mom was yeah, an evil. Sure, of course. <laughs> but they didn't. You know, they didn't. They show gave, us that. and I think that's the biggest thing is they gave no arc to Sorsha wanting to leave. Right. And I feel like that could have been very easily added. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they put her in there as kind of a fearless leader to get this baby back. But there was never one moment where you even got a hint of dissent. Yeah. Until suddenly. Suddenly, Mad Mardigan was into her. Yeah, and, then and like, yes. yeah, and then on the other side, Mad Mardigan, you you don't really gather what his um, actual impetus is to help Alora, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to help the baby, to move this forward. Did you? Well, I mean, I think there's one of these. Uh, he's supposed to be like the thief of the heart of gold. Like, yeah. like why does Han Solo come back to save Luke at the end of? You know Star Wars because at this point he's just supposed to be some cares only about himself and Chewie sort of rogue, 
And it's I think it's the idea that like in the beginning, Mad Mardigan doesn't give a fuck about anybody. He just wants to get out. Mm-hmm. But I think I think once he I, I think initially, uh, once he starts becoming protective of a baby, because we get the impression that he's not a super bad dude, but then he starts to seem to become protective of it almost in spite, like to spite Kale and Sorsha and and the evil queen. Like, oh, you want you oh, want like, this baby? He's well, like a mega fuck contrarian. you, you can't have it. Yes, I think I feel like that's part of what's maybe going that's on. That's funny. Um, and then also, I think the fact that like Willow is consistently like like has consistently helped Mardigan a couple times like I think the idea is that like Mardigan sees goodness in Willow and sees innocence in this little baby and he doesn't really have anything going on and he doesn't really have anything going on and so I think maybe that's what it is he's he's ultimately got a heart of gold yeah I get it but at the end of the day I don't think he's gonna stick around for the boring experience (laughs) of raising of raising Allura with this new ex you know ex bad lady now good lady in a castle mm-hmm. he's gonna get bored and she's probably gonna get bored too but now they have an army like i feel like now they have a kingdom they can go lead battles together together and they're both warriors and so. that baby yeah. does, that baby seems to have like you know some weird protections around her that mm-hmm. means that she never even gets a scratch on her face yeah yeah okay well, and one thing i did notice is so in the in the troll castle battle sequence, mm-hmm. and this is where Sorsha sort of falls back for so Mad Mar. So okay, so Mad Margan again to establish his time, he gets hit in the face with the love coke. He sees <laughs> sleeping Sorsha in her tent and mm-hmm. like gets all like googly eyed and is all like, "I love you, uh, you're so beautiful," and all this stuff. And she's like, "The fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah, but she At seems least he doesn't some- try to like physically do anything. Right, he yeah. doesn't like he. I, it seems like he's about to try and kiss her, and then she's like got the knife and is going to like stab him in the face and in the balls uh and it uh it's sort of like she seems almost sort of taken aback and flattered by how much he insists on saying pretty things about her mm-hmm. um then he like has to kidnap her to escape and they have some like banter back and forth but she doesn't seem to be digging it but at the troll castle when she's still a bad guy and he's still a good guy there's lots of like female gaze scenes where we see from her looking at Mad Mardigan as he like chops dudes down Mm -hmm. and is real valiant and like he launches himself in a catapult across a chasm and stuff. No, and I think that she's, and I actually, that was something where I was, I was pretty chill with that because there seemed to be not just a, oh, look at this guy, but more like equals. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this guy's a legit warrior. I see you. Yeah. I see you. You see me, you know? Um, So... I feel like we've covered most of the sure. film. Um, and so, do you guys think that this would be something you would show to your own kid? I Yeah. Yeah. I would for sure. I, Me yeah. too. Yeah. At a certain age, obviously. Yeah. yeah. What do you think is an appropriate age to show a kid Willow? I, not being a parent, <laughs> <laughs> I would say seven. I would say, yeah, seven and up. Yeah, I would I would have said I probably, and it's funny because... Having grown up as a kid who wasn't censored, I feel weird saying that I would censor like the watching of that my kid would have more mm-hmm. than I did. But I would say for some reason there's a lot of there's a lot of death in this, there's a lot of war in this. Yeah. But 
I, I feel like this would be such a, it's such a fun adventure film that I would show this to a six-year-old. Yeah, it's not gory. It's mm -mm. not like, even though there's some really powerful images, like again, seeing Kale's mask and seeing those dogs, it was like, that was scary to me as a kid, but I loved this movie so much. And mm -hmm. like I said, I went and saw it like seven times in the theater. That hot shots. <laughs> So, exactly. So I feel like, you know, um, yeah, it is, it's not exact, it's not like, there's scary things in it, but it's not like it's, I think it's okay to show to a, a young kid. Do you think you would love this movie more than Hot Shots? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, oh, boy. How about this? We'll find out okay. on the next episode with Ariana. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely be stoked to show this to a kid because I feel like this is, I feel like this is a high watermark for family fantasy films. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like I was not bored as an adult watching no. it. This is a movie I would voluntarily watch without, I mean, we did voluntarily watch it without children present, mm -hmm. but I could see myself watching this again for fun. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember as a kid like really being stoked about it too. So this definitely fits the idea of like a family appropriate film that has enough like action and interesting intrigue and interesting characters that I feel like there's some somebody in here for everyone to sort of identify with. Um, mm -hmm. No, this film, this film, a, a term I would use for it is this film feels, this film, this film feels <laughs> fully realized. Mm. Like, everyone is committed, the story is committed, the costumes are committed, and um, it, it seems like it had a lot of heart put into it and a lot of thought put into it. Mm. It doesn't seem like a movie that got slapped together at all, but it also doesn't seem like a movie that's taking itself too seriously. And so, like, I thought this was one of the best films that we've watched. Ooh. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Good selection, Ariana. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Taking great pride in this, thank you. Uh, All right, guys. So I feel... it seems like we, yeah, it seems yeah. like we got the. Do we still love it? I think we all. I think still... it's three thumbs up. Which might be, I think, one of the first uniform Ooh. still love it. Yeah, because the... every once in a while we get to like two and a half, where two people love it and one person liked it. Uh, I think this might be our one of, if not our first thumbs up, at least our second thumbs up. Yes. Yay! Yay, guys. Great. What an honor. Well, I really want to thank uh, Ariana Kaiser yeah. for being on the show and suggesting such a great movie for our movie night. My I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> yeah, this is really dope. So, Ariana, where can people find your find you, find your stuff online? Well, you can find me at arianakaiser.com or I have some work up at sadtire.com. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Great. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh. There's no more. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, definitely check out Ariana's stuff. She's a, uh, a funny and wonderful human being. And uh, I was so happy to have you on the show. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. And uh, you can find us at Do I Still Love It anywhere on the internet. Just yep. Google it. You'll Tweet find at us. us at that same thing or find us on the Facebook. It's all Do I Still Love It everywhere. Tell your friends. Yeah, please tell your friends if you really really love us go on itunes subscribe and rate and review apparently that really helps our aggregation and let us know if you want us to do something 
Yeah, let let us know. Let's Shoot us an that. email at doistillivit at gmail.com or tweet at us. If there's a movie that you're just burning for us to review, let us know. Even if you feel like it was terrible. We that we really want those, actually. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, <laughs> I, for every great willow, there's a terrible legend, and I don't mind to watch them both. <laughs> we will fall on that sword we for you. We will fall on that sword for you. <laughs> those of us who will fall on your sword is Marshall James. And I'm Laura Weiss. Uh, saying goodnight. Willow! Ah, focus, you idiot! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>